two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week, another episode of Generation X Gaming, the weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories in the past week, and we rant along the way. Joining me each and every single week is Sarge McCluskey. What's going on, bro? Can you hear me okay? I hear you is fine. Yeah. Ooh, no technical difficulties. Nope, nope technical difficulties. Um, <clears throat> on today's show, we're going to be talking about games I've played. I played two games. I played one today and one yesterday. Uh, behind the scenes of uh, The Mandalorian, how they make the episodes, and then Star Wars just released. George Lucas had a show, secret show that he was working on, and it just leaked. Uh, obviously, it's not being made. It, it was made, but it was a... So, uh, Warcraft, Blizzard, added again. If you're, if you're tallying up your score here on your shittiest companies of the decade, Blizzard is now taking the lead at the end of 2019 with the China incident, and now they've kept their lead going with the Warcraft 3 reforge or refunded uh we'll talk about that uh destiny loot people are losing their minds over stuff that's uh that's going for twitch prime i don't personally understand it but we're going to talk about that and also the data mind of what people found for what's up next for destiny uh we're going to talk about ea ea has made a billion dollars and i'll tell you in how long of a time frame that billion dollars was made in uh, and also, Knights of the Old Republic, could it be? Who, who our thoughts are, who is going to be making that uh, within the EA realm? Uh, Battlefield 5 DLC coming out, part of the jungle, uh, Pacific uh, DLC. Uh, takes you back to Nam. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're talking about an Atari hotel. I know all you guys want other hotels out there, but Atari is coming out with their own hotel, and we'll talk about that. We're going to be talking about Torchlight, Torchlight Frontier, which is now Torchlight 3, and what this means for the game industry. Okay? It's a win, people. It's a win. Dauntless got bought out. We're going to be talking about Xbox Series leaks, and then that's it. Uh, if we can get through all those stories. That's on today. You can listen to us every single week on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on Mixer.com slash 30 and still gaming. You could also listen to us after the fact over on YouTube.com slash 30 and still gaming. And you can also listen to us in the audio formats in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and all the platforms. So make sure you check that out as well. And if you're listening to the audio podcast, I do appreciate you. Make sure you leave it in the comments section below. And if you're enjoying the daily gxg micro episodes make sure you head over to our discord uh and check that out because you can leave comments in the section below and talk about the episodes that i do every single day of 2020 365 episodes and we're 30 episodes in it's almost the end of january it's amazing all right so let's get to it sarge i played i played this game i got it from this russian company which i can't pronounce i can't pronounce their name because i can't speak russian Okay, but they gave me a code, and I played this. It comes out on February 5th. It's called Seventh Sector. Okay, I have a, a little footage of it right here. Um, seventh Sector, and uh, I have to say... Are, go ahead. Are you getting uh, any kind of spam now for Trump? No, no, I, I didn't I didn't ask me to, <laughs> to spam anything. No Russian company. No yeah. Russian company. Yeah, so basically, I... 
it was a whim. I, I saw this on this. I, I, I go to this site. It's called Keymailer. Um, you put your you you request the key, see if you get it. I only request keys if I think a game would interest me. I like these type of puzzle games. Uh, I had no idea what Seven Sector was, what the picture showed, and what I saw of the thing. I was like, eh, sure, I'll I'll check it out. Didn't know it was a puzzle game like this. Artistic style of this was, I have to say, second to none. It was phenomenal. The way indie companies, for some reason, take it to that next level, okay? I know we all love AAA companies, AAA games, and such like that, but I love little independent video games because you can see the passion within the actual game itself, right? And, they, only, and if only they had money, what right, would they do? Right. Well, I actually think it's better that they don't have money because this is what they could do with no money, right? With, with the very little money that they have, right. they make this, right? And if they have more money... It, it kind of, I, I think they kind of relax a bit. They're like, we've made it. People like us, and now we can still make good products, but we can back it off a notch, right? This game is phenomenal, right? The storytelling, there's not an ounce of dialogue throughout the whole entire thing, okay? It's just really cool music, okay? Uh, the music, I don't, let, me, let me see if I can raise the, put the volume up here. You just hear the ambient noises, that's happening. The game starts off. You're a spark, and you, you're in a television set, and you come out, and then you, you're up and down these lines, right? And you got to like, you you're, get, like, you're, like you're like a piece of electricity. Yeah, you're electricity. Okay, it's really really cool. And then you go up and down the lines, and as you move this stick, it makes you go faster and and, and such. Like you have to push down uh, and follow the curve of the actual line, right? Uh, you can jump from line to line. It's like the tutorial section right here. It's telling you what it is. Like what your options for movement are. Correct. You can make it speed up. You can go up into a certain thing. And then there's these puzzles. And the puzzles in this game are really good. Really good for, for puzzle-esque game. There's stuff that they don't tell you anything. They give you like little signals. Um, for instance, like there's an electrical box a little later on. And it has the numbers 220 on it. Right? So 220 volts, whatever. So you have to try to make the breaker numbers, add them up, and move them over to equal it. And some are minus and some are plus, and you have to sit there, and, and it got your brain going. <clears throat> There's four different endings to this this game. I didn't know that until the very end. Um, I looked it up after I was done with mine and saw someone with a completely different ending, and I was like, whoa. So I have to say, the the storytelling in this, without saying a word, like there's some garble like you hear a computer speak, but there's no dialogue. It's just kick-ass music and just puzzles, storytelling and different things that you have to go through. And you progress like you're a spark and then you end up in a in a ball, right? Like a, like a Roomba, right? And then from that Roomba, you end up in a bigger robot. And then from that robot, you end up so on and so forth until you end up in a human, right? And it's fucking crazy like the whole story is just it's a really good it's like a six hour campaign it took me a little longer to figure out some certain things but i absolutely loved this game it's probably one of my favorite games and i like oxen free as one of the independent games this one just i don't know what it what, it, what about this game it just really was intriguing to me i loved it i suggest anybody that if you're looking for a game i don't know how much it is uh, there's no price yet. I think it's on Steam. I think it's like fourteen dollars. It's definitely worth it if you want a 
if you want a good puzzle game to sit down and just have your brain have an exercise, this this is a game for you. Like this is a phenomenal story, four different endings. Uh, there's there's little secrets within the game that you could find and stuff like little pictures and ask. It's a little dark at times. Uh, there's like like there's like a suicide victim inside the background and stuff. There's like these little silhouettes that happen. Uh, it's like a robot uprising. Great game. It's called Seventh Sector. Check it out. It comes out on February 5th on Steam, Nintendo Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, all the platforms. So you, you can you can get it to whatever platform you choose. Uh, very cool game. Very cool game. And then today, I played a little game that's been out for years. It won awards. and uh, Oh, this game also won awards for visual effects and I believe story uh, is Seventh Sector. They won They won some awards. Uh, the game I play today, which is Old Man's Journey. Old Man's Journey was another little puzzle game. Not as cool, not as um, as groundbreaking, I guess you could say. But needless to say, it was still a, a, a fun game. So this is uh, Old Man's Journey. So you're trying to get the old guy from one side of the board to the to the next. And you have to move the land. And there's different things in the game that move, like there's obstacles. Eh, this is probably not the best best part to show you. So there's different obstacles that you have to move. There's like sheep, and they're grazing on certain lands, and you have to like raise up the land and lower the land and move your guy over to get him across. Really short game. You can beat it in about two hours. Okay, hour and a half, two hours. I think it's even on the iPhone. It's on mobile mobile games and such. Uh, it's like five bucks, I think it is, or or three dollars. That you could purchase really cute game again another game another indie company with great visual art style okay no dialogue there's no no dialogue there's just images and visual stuff that you're seeing nice little right. quaint music um the story's the story's good i i played the game within three seconds of playing the game i picked the ending i said this is how it's going to end based on something they showed and that's exactly what it was when it came to the ending i was like knew that was going to happen but i i'm i i just know a lot of different types of stories the game itself is a great little game um if you're looking for something maybe on your iphone maybe something to not as hard as something as like seventh sector sure but still enjoyable in, in the way and that's it that's the the games i played it's a it's a nice little short little story about an old man and his journey about his life and he 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 sits, it should have been between two benches is what the game should have been called because every time he stops at a bench and then he has this memory and then the memory of him when he was younger, okay? And that's how the story is told. Like you're doing the journey between the two benches when he has to take a seat and he has a memory of his past and then you start piecing together his journey to where he's going, to what he's doing, to where he's been. It's like a very cute little story. So you can check that out as well. And that's all on all different platforms. That's called The Old Man's Journey. So that takes care of the two games. Other than that, I'm playing a lot of ESO. Um, I'm loving ESO. I, I got past uh, ranking 50, and I'm uh, champion, I think, 66 now. Um, it's, it's, it's sunk the teeth back into me. Uh, I, I love all the stuff. It took me about a week. To really understand everything that's back in the game and what right, I'm doing, yeah, 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 I had to I had to relearn I'm, I'm, everything. I'm having problems even just loading it up, looking at it. Like I'm looking at my skills. I'm like, I don't, I don't even know. 
I don't even know what to pick. Right. Like I, I'd have to watch. I'd have to watch some YouTube videos or something. <clears throat> I, I, I watch a lot of videos, and let me tell you, they don't help because a lot of the guys that are making the videos, there's beginners guides. Old. No, there's there's yeah. beginners guides. No, there's new videos, but they're all end game. They're all end game, and all the guys. And this is what I like about the community. A lot of the people that make the content for ESO, they're like, hey, if you're just starting out and playing ESO again, probably don't watch this video because this is all end game stuff. Like just play the game and enjoy the game and learn the game. Like, remember when we talked about, even on Destiny, when you don't even see the light level above people's names anymore, you don't know if they're new or old, and people are like, well, people are getting picked on. You know who's experienced because they've played the game, right? So, like, when you're playing ESO or when you're playing an MMO, if you're brand new, you're probably not going to know a lot of the stuff, right? Just because it comes with time. It's not that, like, old people are, are smarter than young people there are young smart people but your experience it's just, it's just and knowledge game. and time in life is more knowledgeable than someone that's only 10 years old right they just have more life experience and that's how mmos are the more time you put into a game or the more time you put into a looter shooter you understand how the game works you understand what to do you just have more of a concept of it so I really do like the community of ESO. I, it, it got shit in the bat in the in the past, but I really don't think those people that that shit on the MMOs don't really play MMOs. I think they're they're more of people that want it now, right? They want it now. There's some good stuff in um, in ESO. I I just figured out about the customization where you can basically like transmog your stuff, so you can have whatever gear you get now. Because I was hating it because I had these boots on that had my feet showing, and I'm like, ah. Oh. The open toe shoe. I hate that. I just I, I hate it. I hate it. Like I have this it was badass on my, armor. It was on my Dragon Knight. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Knight, right? I have this badass armor, right? And then I have this fucking like toe sticking out, and I'm like, come on. I was like, it doesn't look right. Yeah. So now yeah. you can put whatever boots you want on, but you have to be able to find that. You have to find it in the world first, and sure. then once you have it, you have it, and then you can just pay. You pay like in-game currency, not real money to change what your costume looks like. It's not in a in a store. Now, those are completely different things in the store. That's and, correct. and ESO has plenty of that. But you don't have to buy any of it. You don't have to do any of that. So how are you how are you liking ESO right now? Well I I always enjoy ESO because it has to do with the Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls universe. Right. Right. And so like I was seriously addicted to Skyrim. Like I, I, more so than any of the other versions. Like I played Morrowind, I played Oblivion, but when I played Skyrim, I was like hooked. So the whole time I played ESO, I was like, how do I get to Skyrim? Like, what what group do I have to pick to go to Skyrim? Like, because I just, just want to see what they did in that version of the game. But the 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 complexity of the characters, even though is overwhelming in the beginning, once you understand the type of character that you want to play as that class then you start to lean more towards gear and enchantments and whatnot and so there's depth to the character that's what i enjoy i enjoy that there's depth to the character to where you can spec out for what you want to do not just i'm just a guy shooting or i'm just a guy hacking like you can be you can be a battle mage if you wanted to or you can be a i've seen tanking wizards like it just depends on what you want to spec out as Right.
Well, because it's just more expansions. Like, what? Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? Tamriel is fucking huge. We don't need to give him everything right away. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew that was coming. Right? Whole new thing there. Yes. Yes. St standard, standard DLC for standard content, and a whole new area to explore. Maybe some new gear to figure out. Maybe a new class because of that world or that section of the planet or whatever. Just yes, the the possibilities are concrete and endless. They're there. We know what we can do with it. I'm muted. There we go. Is that what you're talking about? There we go. So let me let me let me talk about it again cuz no one heard anything I said at that last section. I said that I love that ESO has this giant map from eight years ago that they had the entire map there, right? And then you just had certain sections unlocked. And then as expansions came out, those sections opened up, okay? Those sections opened up. It was like a vision in their head. And I just said, because I was muted, I have to say it again. I said, like, I wish Destiny, I wish Destiny did stuff like that where... Destiny had each planet. Mass Effect Andromeda had just each DLC. You paid ten bucks, fifteen dollars, and then there was one planet with new enemies, new missions, new story things. Like ESO, the way way they're doing it is fantastic. That's called planning ahead, right? Which Destiny didn't. They're like, oh, we're just gonna blow up Venus and and we're not gonna go back there, and then we're gonna give you something else, and we don't even know, like. I'm mind boggled by it. Like right now that on earth, you can't go to like Chicago, Detroit, Russia. And you, you know what I mean? Like you can't go to all these sections. You can't go to the Cosmodrome because I, that was I, the old I've, one. I've talked about many things you could do. Remember Mike, all the, all the, all the, all the, uh, actual things we could do. Yeah. Yeah. With those sections, like public event type things we could do. I had, I've had many discussions about that. Like think about, I understand. And I'm not comparing destiny to ESO because it is a true MMO. Okay. But there's just so much stuff to do. I could literally just sit there and just go to one section and play hours and hours and hours of questing, okay? Or exploring. Or dungeons. Or grinding for gear. Or uh, killing the, the, the public events that happen on the, on, the, on, the, on the planes. So much stuff that you can do in ESO. I'm playing for free right now, right? I'm not paying for the premium subscription. I'm thinking about doing it, right? But there's a lot of games I want to play. And I don't want to pay. I'm afraid that if I pay the 15 bucks a month, I'm going to stop playing it for a little bit, right? And then it's yeah, kind of yeah. a waste of a time. Well, because somebody else is <coughs> somebody else, something else is going to come out. But you said the Game Pass, bro. What about your Game Pass? Oh no, I Game Pass. Don't you have? Don't you have the I, ability to play all that? No, no. But I no, no, no. Uh, game Pass only has the original game, the Tamriel, which I have, which I purchased. Okay, it doesn't give you. It doesn't give you all of the uh, expansions. That's only premium. You get to play the pre. If you pay premium, then you get all the expansions unlocked. But if you don't pay for premium, then you have to purchase if you want the expansions. Like brain, 
uh, gifted me the Elsewhere expansion. So I have that regardless if I pay the premium or not. Okay, the premium gets you different ba uh, bag job and options and and a little bit of other other things to give you extra crowns every month that you can purchase stuff. Um, but I was thinking about it just to if I like it and I'm going to play through the actual story, then I'll get one month, play the crap ton of ESO for that month or whatever, and then be done with it. Right? That's that's the way I was thinking about doing it. So loving ESO, loving ESO. Um, I'm looking forward. We're probably going to dive back in after this. If anybody is playing on Xbox and would like a guild invite, we need one more person in our guild, okay, to, to get to that 10, to get to that 10 so we can actually, like, have a bank and have different things and we can start sharing between all, all the players. So that is ESO, and now we can get into the actual uh, stories here. So the first story I want to talk about, i got to bring it up here. We got... I want to talk about where is it? We just had the Star Wars leak. Where, 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 where is that? That's uh, Game Rant. That's the Artari, Twitch Prime. Oh, I know where it is. Let me look this up again. Top stories. That's Jedi. Where the? Oh, there it is. All right, so <clears throat> Star Wars, Star Wars underground test footage emerges. Check out George Lucas's abandoned TV show. It looks like a rough, rough in its place, but test footage uh, often does. Before the Mandalorian, there was another Star Wars TV series planned. Footage of the Star Wars underground, a show that was a development of all the way back in 2010, has surfaced online. The footage shows a different show from one of the main enjoyeds of 2019. The show was set to be in the lower levels of Coruscant a plant that plays a major part in the Star Wars prequels. It was set after Order 66, and the test footage below was produced in visual effects specialist Stargate Studios. The show was eventually de uh, delayed and then canceled due to the high production costs. Imagine that, nine years later, with The Mandalorian costing $10 million an episode. Uh, eventually, sales of Lucasfilm to Disney, according to the comment from the uploader, the two-episode arc uh, would have evolved Darth Vader coming to Coruscant to personally, uh, you know, crush the rebellion at in Coruscant and certainly looks like a uh, a ropey in place and behind a bit hard to follow but really remember that the test footage is different from a pilot the footage was meant to be nailed down to look like the tone of the show and then execute a bad gun uh, a gunfight at the end the test footage here followed by a short making of the film which shows how everything is shot on a single green screen stage similar to how parts of the prequel were shot the footage, in the, it, it turns out, is a Stargate Studio Vimeo and was the first uploaded nine years ago, and we only assume that it was set to pr private un until, and listed until now. All right, so I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you this, this footage here of, uh, of this. This is, this is the Star Wars show called The Underground. Don't get me excited, bro. Now this is this. This, this looks like somebody's fucking fan made shit. That it, looks fucking badass. Dude. This this is test footage. This is from George Lucas. This is his show that he was trying to make back in 2010. <clears throat> we have a sexy Jedi. All right, it's got it's got the uh, it's got the feels for it.
we're not going to watch the entire thing here. We're just we're we're kind of just glancing through it because it's. Threat level orange. Get out of here. Hello. I was sent from Alistair. Thank you. You know what's funny? I do remember watching behind the scenes of this, this years and years ago. Yeah, it's like cheesy. It's a cheesy test footage. Anyway, the reason I want to show you this is I want to show you how stuff was made 10 years ago. Okay, here's the footage of what the director sees. Okay, you can see what they're looking at live on their footage, and they're just pointing the camera at green screens. And the technology is taking the information and plotting it into that screen live. Okay, so they see exactly what they're going to see on the film in the late... on. Uh, on their end, so the director That's can incredible. Okay, now this was back in 2010. Okay, so yeah, that's 10 years ago. Yeah, this is 10 years ago, which might as well be 100 years ago. Okay, so this is exactly how it happened, right? So they're pointing the camera, you see the girl walk by, and you see the little test footage at the bottom there after color correction and stuff of the final product. But what they see on their on their on their monitors is everything shot like this. What the problem with this is. It's really hard for the actors to act because they don't know what they have no frame of reference. Right, they don't know what they're looking at. They look at a piece of tape on the wall. They look at a stick with the thing and stuff. Now it looks a lot different when you have certain other technology. I'm really glad that this this came up because it it shows more credence to what I want to look at with the Mandalorian. So you see all this and how they're looking. Look, if you look at the camera that he's looking at, there's a lens cap on the fucking thing. <laughs> It's all it's all being fed in by computers and stuff, right? Right? They they already have it set up. They're always lit the same, and then they go in afterwards. Just awesome what they can do. Right? And I I love this. This I've worked on sets like this, okay? And I love I love seeing stuff like this, right? So now I want to show you I want to show you some footage of the Mandalorian. Because the Mandalorian had a... I, I showed it on earlier on my stream, and we talked about it a little bit. Uh, let me see the footage. Where is it? Uh, da, da, da. Star Wars, no, that's not it. Do I have the Mandalorian? I don't. All right, let me let me find it real fast, and then I'll, I'll bring it back up on screen. Um, yeah, so technology has come a really long way. So... Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see, Mandalorian... Mandalorian behind the scenes. Um, no, that's behind the scenes. Where's the Twitter post? I had it earlier today. Behind the scenes set photo of different. No, that's behind the scenes of the set photo. I want to see the actual thing on. Oh, you know what? I I commented about it on my Twitter account. So that'll probably be the easiest way to uh, to find it. Tweets and replies. Where is it? Show me. Is this it? Yeah. All right. This is it. All right. So check this out. Right. So this foot, this picture right here that you can see on on screen. 
Okay, it looks like the camera is from the inside the studio, looking outside, like they built the ship and studio Boy. there. But that is a photorealism. Think of the hollow deck in Star Trek, right? Okay. You you walk into the room and boom, you can imagine whatever you want inside that that screen. The ceiling is a screen. The 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 walls are a screen. You can even see it if you just look a little bit. Where it looks like doors, you see where the doors are. Okay, if you look on it, that's not a reflection of the outside. That's literally being projected on screens. Now I can't zoom in anymore for you guys to see it, but if you look at the back end on the right side of the screen here, where my where my cursor is, okay, if you look at that, that's not being lit like projected. Those are TV screens, seamless television screens, okay, put together, okay, where they're all creating a picture in photorealism, okay? And if you look on this door on the far left, okay, that, again, that's not a reflection, that's a continuation, so this can close, and if you look at the ceiling, that little, the other, the one up here, that comes down when they need to, when they go on the inside to film that direction, Okay, on the ship. So basically, and if you look at the ship, you can see the line, the defined line of where these lights are. You see these sensors and lines are going across here. Okay, when you get to this engine right here, if you notice, the line goes through the engine and underneath the engine, and then it hits the, the, the ship right here. Well, the bottom part of the ship is real. You can walk in, walk out. It's an actual practical part of the ship. The top part where the jet engines are and the top of the ship is projected it's not there it's on tv screens that are posted there okay and you can literally see so everything is lit okay and and perfectly spaced you can actually if you look at the photo okay you can look at the photo up in here you can actually see the air ducts of the uh of the air conditioning units inside the studio inside there where the ship is if you look straight up right up here that's a vent and that's another vent okay this is insane, okay? This is why The Mandalorian cost, okay, $10 million an episode, and this is why they make eight episodes, okay? Because of this. Now, the reason this is like this, think, think about the, 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 what they have to do for set. They're like, all right, we're filming The Mandalorian. In pre-production, they're like, all right, Mandalorian's being filmed. We have eight episodes. We have uh, 12 weeks to film it, Okay. The Mandalorian's in the studio for 12 weeks, and then all of a sudden the next show comes in, and then they can just, boop, put it in the computer, bam. Whole scene for the next show that they're going to film is inside there. All they have to do is remove the stuff in the ground. Now, if you look at the very bottom left in this picture right here, you can see the stage is lifted up, okay? Like they've built the grounds, okay, above and then you can see the little step where the, where the screens are down below where the, where, the, where the rest of the pieces are. Okay, so I'll go to the next picture. Can you tell, can you tell where the, the actual screen starts and where the actual, the real scene begins? You can, you can honestly tell it real big, okay, if you, if you know what you're looking at. Six feet back behind the black line behind them? Yes, that tube right there hides the seam okay of the screen okay and you can tell because the lines there's like lines because of the the way the picture was taken okay all of this behind them six feet behind them 
is fake. So if they have to take the, the shot again, they walk right back up to the back of the screen and they walk forward again and continue on uh, taking the shots, right? So that, that, that screen right there, that's all fake behind them. That's not built. That's built within the computer itself, okay? And they, and they make a scene within like a video game. Like they're making a video game, photorealism, and there you go, right? So there, there's that. Look at this. Look at this shot, okay? This is the, the spaceship, but the front like eight feet of the spaceship is the only part that's real is real and everything else they can just move it on wheels push it back up to those the the rest of the picture they're in space right they can move the camera wherever they want they can have the 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 space they can make it do the light speed if they really want to they can do anything they want it's absolutely fucking amazing and i know if you don't work in the film industry or you're not really a tech person you're looking at this going yeah it just looks like they're filming something the technology is just mind-blowing uh, on this stuff. And then here's the last one, right? Where's the screen on this one, Sarge? Can you, pick, can, you, can you find where the screen is on this one? All right. Well, if I, if, I, if I understand the way that they do it for detail's sake, the ground is real. Those little hills below the camera are real. But right above those little hills and up is all the fake shit. Right. So if you look at this line back here in the picture, right behind him, about 20, 10 feet, yeah, the little hill right, the, the, right above the, that. Right, above these, that these little true. hills and then these rocky, jagged, rocky things, this is the foreground, right? That's real. They've, they've sculpted that. But all this rock formation behind him, uh, the cavern and everything, that is 100% like screen that looks photorealism. So now, if you go back to the footage that I showed, which I can't, but the, the other show that was 10 years ago where they had to look through the camera monitor to go... Oh, what are we? What are we looking at here? Oh, this is where the uh, the the spaceport's gonna be. This is where this and the actor's like, "Where am I looking?" Oh, uh, yeah, you're gonna look over there, uh, right where that dot is. Okay, right. it's so bizarre how crazy you have to be to actually act around this stuff. Right, like imagine Marvel's Avengers when they first started in two thousand. They're all just they're still using this technology is brand new. This is not this is not used uh, throughout all these movies yet. When it does, costs will come down dramatically because they they. they you know, it's being used more. So, but this is why everyone's like eight episodes, $10 million an episode. That's fucking, that's fucking crazy. Right. Right. Carrying around the Hulk on a stick. No, that's what it is. Mark. Uh, what's his name? Mark Ruffalo. When he has a suit that he wears with a giant stick above his head and then it has the Hulk's head up above or a ball above him. So it gives an eye line for when he's acting with the with the other people so they know where to look when they're talking to the Hulk, right? Because it is immersion-breaking. If there's a bad director telling someone to, a line and they're speaking to someone, but they're not looking at the person because maybe they're not actually there, right? It it just takes you completely out of the realm of, of the film. So this is just absolutely amazing. I wanted to share this with you guys because I've worked on sets before and I've never seen this technology. I've seen backlit where it's back projected, like Disney uses a lot of that technology and stuff like that. This technology right here is far beyond what I've seen, but it's absolutely crazy. I can't wait to, if I ever get to work on a, on a, on a set like this, it'd be phenomenal. So there's that. So that's that story. So just a little bit of information. This is why the Mandalorian costs so much money. Uh-oh, I just closed up my whole thing there. Um, so much money per episode because of the technology that they're using there. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about, let's just get one of the big stories out of the way here. Let's talk about 
the reforged, or should I say refund, of Warcraft 3. Now, back in 2018, Blizzard, at the, at, at the infamous BlizzCon, that everyone remembers that BlizzCon of 2018 because of Mobile Diablo, okay? They showed this. They showed Warcraft 3 uh, reforged, and they said... This wasn't the community that made this shit up. They showed footage of the game with new cutscenes, new UI, all of the stuff that they said that was going to be in the new version of the game. Now, this is from a uh, a user in the general discussions of their forums. He says, hello, I've been playing Warcraft 3 since 2004, and I see lots of complaining about the new graphics looking bad, lack of content, unfulfilled promises, post-launch bugs and crashes. However, I do not care about the new graphic campaign, cinematics, or reforge as a whole. I just want to keep playing the game that I played my entire life, the game that was already perfect for me. But that is no longer possible, because with the latest update, the old classic client is gone. It forced you to download the new Reforge client and play it using gla uh, classic graphics, which cuts a lot of the features that existed in previous version. Features that were available yesterday that have been cut 12 hours ago. Cross-region play, a custom game listed no longer global. You can't play with, with players from other realms, uh, meaning it's much harder to find players that, fi uh, that fill the game's lobbies. Custom campaigns, clans, player profiles, ladder, ranking match uh, stats, automated tournaments. Good, good. Battle.net, 1.0 chat system. You can no longer use commands such as slash F, slash join. Information on how many players are currently playing lists communicational channels in battle.net. New sections, overall chat system lost its soul. Beautiful UI menus. Its reforged client's menu feels sluggish and less optimized. The chat box overlaps the menus. Atmospheric 3D campaign backgrounds are gone, etc. Creative freedom is in the custom games. The, the Wii uh, EULA has, uh, has been changed, adding lots of limitations. Everything is created now fully belongs to Blizzard. Read more of this topic in, censored, in censorship in maps and game names. For example, a lobby called Booty Bay cannot be, be hosted even if though it's the name of the official Worldcraft 3 map, etc. Classic graphic reforge client looks worse. Shadows are missing. Saturation is off. Some spells uh, effects are missing. ROC campaign is now using the TFT balancing. Features that were available before 2018 and that have been cut during the latest update. Arranged teams, reconnection to VI, VIG prog, overall game stability, online lobby lists, competitive custom games, the ability to kick or ban trolls, better ping, latency, anti-spam protection, automatic replay saving, gameplay replay archive, and probably many more things that I can't recall at the moment. Okay, so this is this is one guy listing all of these complaints. All he wanted was the old game that he played, and now they can't. The only way you can do it is deleting battle.net from your computer and then loading up the old classic if you own the disc okay if you own the disc that you can actually do it so so what part of this do you not think this is cash grab okay so what they showed and they show the cutscenes you can look at the cutscenes I don't know if I can if someone can find me the cutscene thing where they split the two real fast and post that in chat that'd be fantastic um so basically they show a split screen side by side of what the camera was supposed to be and what it well 2018 and then 2020 what it is okay it's night and day night and day it looks like the regular rts 
Okay, they didn't put any cutscenes in it. The UI is not this, uh, not better. No upgraded stuff. They completely, absolutely screwed the player base, and because of a reforge of the thing, even the developers of the original Warcraft said this is not what Blizzard is. This is not even Blizzard anymore. They said they're they're a conglomerate company, big company. The original cast left. 180 of them. They all left. There's nobody original at Blizzard. It's just the name of itself now. It's just yeah, I'm not, honestly, I'm not. I haven't, and I will continue not to buy anything that Activision Blizzard makes. Right, right. So here, here's another problem. Right, it says right here, real, real fast. Right, that basically they've 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 changed the marketing of it as far as what you can do with custom maps and stuff because back in the day. A multi-billion-dollar company launched from a mod that someone created, and it created Dota. Okay, thank you, Inky. Right. Um, and created Dota. Okay, and they made a Dota two. Okay, here's the, here's the actual footage. Thank you, Inky, for for finding that. Okay, these these are the cutscenes. Oh, this is a different one, Inky. Try to find the one with uh, 2018 to 2020. Uh, Link. This is completely different. Yeah, this this is this is another part. The original plus the the trailer. They 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 believe that the gamers that are that are walking the earth right now are are mentally incapacitated. Like if you don't if you don't realize that we know what we know because of our gamers, the way that they treat us is is. I, I can't even, I can't even say the word. Right. Say the word. Right. So so here's the thing. They put it in the terms of service now, where if you create something in the game, mod, uh, a map, they, they a game everything. mode, they own everything. Because they don't want anyone making a Dota two out of their game, right? Right. They don't want they don't want the same thing to happen because they lost the lawsuit to Valve because they came out with Dota and they're like, well, that's that's our engine, that's our our, our stuff. They they don't want that to happen again. But what they don't understand is they literally just crushed the capability of creativity from everybody that wanted to do it, right? Like, look at what Bethesda did with all the mod community. What did they do? Even though you can hate what they're doing, they took the people that make mods, and they put them in the store, and then they 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 give profits to the people that make those mods for them, right? They own everything, okay? Is this is this the one? Yeah, this, this is... Yeah, this is it. This is it. Thank you. Okay, this is the footage. BlizzCon, what they showed, and what the actual footage is now. Same exact scene. The camera's like shot back 100 yards. Okay. It's a joke. There's no cinematic it's stuff. It's a joke. Okay. So what I think Blizzard's doing wrong here is they literally just killed the whole creativity. Because here's the, here's the thing. Back in the day when people had mods and stuff like this, is studios were small. Developers were small. And they and, were just—it was—it was about making it. It, it was, was about yes, accomplishing. Not about not about increasing profit margins exponentially per quarter. Correct. It was about making the product. It was about making the product and then being successful making the product. Like, hey, we made a game, and let's make another game that people love. Right? These people supported us. They love it. Let's make them a, a better game. That's how they. That's right? how they became what they were. Exactly. Right. And then they sold for for a lot of money, and then it became a conglomerate company, and then they 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 went soulless. Okay. So the problem is that. Because they crush the creativity, people are not going to make mods. People are not going to make different things. And what that does in the long run is less people, hardcore people, will play your game longer, right? They just won't. They're like, well, 
you guys are not giving us enough content to come out. And now I'm not going to give you content because you're going to take my stuff that I worked for, right. okay, that I did on my spare time, and right. you're going to own it, and then you can make millions of dollars on it, and I get absolutely nothing. That's right. Right? And so they'll, they'll be the thing, fuck it. Right. They're like, fuck you. I'm not going to do that. Who should do that? Think about if, if companies actually did it this way. This I would love to see companies do it this way, where they're like, hey, this is a game that we've had. Go ahead and mod. Mod all you want. And if we use your mod, okay, if people like, we'll compensate you. Maybe they should give them a job. Maybe hire them up and say. Right, because there's people that are outside the company that can do better things than the guys in the company. And that's how the company got started to begin with anyway. I guarantee you if you gave, if you gave three modders three months, they would put out a better product of Warcraft 3 than they did in the entire time they, they've had it. Okay? Yeah, but just knowing, listen. You can't say that they were put out something better. What you have to say is, is that the people in charge of the IP right now don't give a shit about what they release. They are they are bidding on the fact that the nostalgia factor and the people that played it originally will just throw money at them. There is zero effort in this. If you're going to redo an old game and make it to where everybody else wants to buy it and bring in some new people to figure out what it was that was so special about this game originally, and you don't give a shit about it, and you just throw it together and throw it out, it's called cash grab. Yeah. There's no other term for it. It's called cash grab. It's 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 sad. That's a right? great point. Because you know, you know what Blizzard is capable of. Well, we know what the old Blizzard was capable right. of. Blizzard, Blizzard is just the name, right? Just the name now. Can you imagine... Let's put it in a different perspective. That's another point. Good point there, uh, Buckalorian. Okay, that short-term contract. Just make the modders on a short-term contract. You don't got to pay them millions of dollars. You're just like, hey, you did this mod. How many hours did you work on it? This is what we pay. This is the standard rate for, for stuff. Boom. There you go. Right? That's all they have to do. Nope. They want all the money. Give me all the money, all the money, all the money. Right? That's what they want. They just want they want all the money, and, and, and they don't want to put out a, a good product anymore. Right? They're literally fucking up a product that was already okay when it <laughs> released it. Yeah. Okay. There's, 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 I think there was like 12 or 13 different uh, options in the game that the, the original game have features that are not in this. Right. They just left them out. They're like, no one's, no one's going to notice. No, they, just no. left, they just left them out completely. Yeah. Not even they, they didn't even try to put them in. They just left them out. So let me put it in a different perspective this way. Epic. Epic Games, right? They make the Unreal Tournament engine. Okay? The Unreal engine that everyone's using. Can you imagine if Epic decided, hey, you can use our, 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 our engine for free like they do now, but anything you come up with while using our engine is ours. Can you imagine how many games they would own? Okay, now they only take 11%, right? They're like, hey, we're giving you the tools. We just want a small cut of your sales of the game if you use our engine because that's the biggest part of companies, right? Trying to get an engine together to put together the game together, and Epic created this. Can you imagine, not just a percentage, they literally own everything that you have. 90% of the games in the market right now would be owned by Epic, okay? Because everyone's using the Unreal Tournament engine. Okay, everyone uses the Unreal Engine. That's exactly the same thing. Okay, it's it's so stupid and so blind of them. Okay, I don't even know who Blizzard is, man. Blizzard is is you know who it is. It's uh, what's his name from from uh, two thousand one Space Odyssey. It's just a fucking red dot eyeball robot. Oh, how it's about how how thank you the homicidal the homicidal AI. Yes, that's Blizzard. Yeah. 
That's Blizzard. That's EA. That's all of these companies. They're just a red dot robot sitting in a room and and, and investors sit around the table. I am Android Wilson. Right. <laughs> I will create profits greater than anyone I can ever imagine. It's I am Android Wilson. So fucking bad. It's terrible. It's terrible. I I for one, if I was playing a Blizzard game or an Activision game, which I don't think I I play at all. I don't play Call of Duty. I don't play World of Warcraft anymore. I'm not playing Overwatch. I don't play Diablo. I, I, I don't think I'm playing anything that Activision owns except Bungie when they had it. Okay. But now Bungie's gone. Thank God Bungie left that company, huh? They're like, they're, they're, no, they're no, sorry. It makes more and more sense why they want to get the hell away from them. Yeah. They're like, nope, we need to get it. We need to get the hell out of here. Get the hell away from this. So. Going forward, I I, think, I personally think, I think my, actually Mike, I think that'd be a good that'd be a good meme. I think what we should do now is you need to take a screenshot of the uh, How computer and we <laughs> put that in place of any time we talk about Activision or Blizzard or EA, and we just put the How picture on the. I'll on do the screen. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and and by the way, anybody else that does it, we're going to take a percentage of the, yeah. of the profits from, good. The, <laughs> from the idea that we thought of. Well, I was it's, like, not, it's not about it's not about it's it's not about the passion for gaming anymore, man. The 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 conversations that we are having right now would never have happened ten years ago. We would be talking about what great game came out, how can we put together a clan, uh, how, how did you guys mod it? Uh, is there a version for my PC? Is it better on console? Like these are these are standard day to day conversations. The conversations we have now are: Is my game done? Does my game work? Am I getting ripped off? It's it's not even about the game anymore at all. It's a it's about everything else but the game. This is this is what we'll do. Anytime we start talking about EA or 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 Blizzard, this is it. You just show this this picture right here of Hal. Okay, is there is there another picture of him? Yeah, we just we just we just leave this picture up, right? We're talking about Blizzard or EA. This Hal nine thousand is coming up. So. Um, it's just sad. Yeah, it's it's devastating because these and I don't know who to blame, right? I, I a part of me wants to blame Blizzard, but at the same time, I want to blame the stupidity of the consumer base that yes. that thinks because they're, they're part of it, right? Because they keep they keep feeding. Right? They keep they keep feeding the animal, and they're and and then they get mad that the dog is coming to their house. Because they're like, oh, this dog's always on my property. Well, you fed him, you fed him food, and that's why he keeps coming back, right? And Blizzard is that stray dog that keeps coming to your 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 porch or the bear, I should say. And they're like, oh, the bear's a threat, right? And you're like, oh, here's have my cheese sandwich. And they just keep giving the bear their their picnic, right? They, their picnic food, and then want to know why the bear is aggressive when he when he when he comes back to the picnic area, right? Like that's what's happening right now. And I think the gamers are. You gotta stop pre-ordering, right? You gotta stop pre-ordering. You gotta stop showing up to their fucking conventions for their actual games, right? That'll give them a big fucking wake-up call. They they show up. All right, BlizzCon 2020. It when, what time? What time is the doors open? Uh, yeah, there's 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 nobody there, right? Crickets. Like that's that's what needs to happen. Something needs to change with this. Which I want to go to Fund- my- fundamentally. Fundamentally, that it ha- you have to remember because because there are so many people playing video games right now, 
and the number of people, and, and this is the battle they're having, right? There's there, and the people are playing for longer, right? So your market your market timeline is longer. Like beforehand, it was for adolescents, right, and like twenty somethings, right, and then they you would lose your market, right? After twenty something, people were in their own lives. They're going with doing what they do. Mobile market kind of pulled people a little further. But now these game and gamers, as we've gotten older and people who've grown up with these video games and and seen how crazy that and, and how in depth games can get, you stay with them. Like that's part of my hobby. Like this is something I'm it follows me throughout my life now. It's not something that I I stopped playing video games because I got married. Right. I find new ways to play video games because I had a son. Now I want to play video games with him. Like, right. That's right. That's where we're going to go now. It's not like we stop playing games. And because of that. They have this tremendous market that they can pull from, from whatever direction they want, because all, all they have to do is pick a demographic, right? And because the market is so large, they're allowed to do this kind of not, this, this craziness, because even if they fuck up, there's enough people that don't give a shit that will give them money. That's why. Right. It, there's, it, a, there's a big enough percentage that people will give them the money. Right. It right. Does, even, even, if, even what they call a failed game still makes them money, Right. They're looking for the ridiculous level of profits, not just a making a game and continue to make games and make good products. That's not what it's about anymore. That's the problem that we're in. We as consumers have to now elevate the priorities of the company. Like, okay, so what are you trying to sell me now? I, I personally believe that the reason why Game Pass even came about is that the, the industry as a whole for a long time, we were making jumps in hardware and software, and they were going back and forth. A couple years it was software, a couple years it was hardware, a couple years it was software, and it would go back and forth. We've gotten to a point now where they can't, there's no more jumps, a really good significant jump in the hardware. Okay. And there hasn't been any like out of the, out of this world crazy engines that are mainstream that are like, we have to get this game because of this engine. Right. Right. We haven't seen it. So how do you push the market forward? How do you get people excited about something when you can't? If I've, if, I've got, if I've got nothing to draw from, no new product, then the only way I can do is try to collect the money right now for whatever kind of benefit I decide to make up. Right? And Game Pass is that benefit. You give us a monthly subscription, you have access to all these games. Now, I get it. I personally don't, don't buy into it because for me, it's a time management thing. The reason why I only buy three or four games a year is because those are the only ones I like, number one, and that's all I have time for, right? right? Some of these games take up an, an extraordinary amount of time. So now what you're saying is you want me to give you $120 a, a year before I start buying games. So in their mind, it's a genius move because the people that only bought two or three games a year have automatically bought two or three games a year right. before they buy a right. game. The average gamer... Before they buy a game. Let, let's say the average gamer. Uh, let, let's just say thirty uh, percent of the population bought three games a year, right? Now, eighty percent of the people are, are buying three times worth of, of the year before, where it was only thirty percent, right? Because they're, yeah. they're they're paying right before you got Game Pass, right? Before we get into Game Pass, I want to go from what Blizzard is to what Blizzard was, right? You hear these bad stories of these games being nostalgic, coming back. Just fucking up. It just day after day. It just, it's constantly. There, there's not one time in the year of five years doing this show that I go, man. There's just nothing to talk about this week, right? There's always something always. going on, right? And you're like, oh, it's Friday. What happened? Nothing. Nothing happened this week. And then, sure enough, by Monday, 
something happened over the weekend. So here's the next people. The people that used to work for Blizzard, that created Blizzard, have now, they've made other games for years now, right? Torchlight. I love Torchlight 1. This is way before streaming. I used to play Torchlight, okay? I played Torchlight 2. Love Torchlight 2. And then I heard that Torchlight Frontiers was coming out. I wanted Torchlight 3, okay? For, uh, Torchlight for, uh, Frontlines was coming out. Or I'm sorry. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Frontiers. Sorry, Frontiers, right? Torchlight Frontiers was coming out. I signed up for the beta. I played it a couple months back. Well, actually, way back, about a year ago, okay? And I looked at it and I went, no, nah, I'm good, right? I didn't give any feedback. I didn't give anything. I didn't I didn't take my time to do that. I played it and I was like, eh, it is what it is, right? So Torchlight Frontiers has now become Torchlight 3, okay? So what I thought, was, thought in my head was this should be Torchlight 3. Instead, they're trying to go with microtransactions, monetization model, okay? So significant new monetization model design approach to the studio. It said that the change is quite a bit original version of the game, including it always online requirement and plans for real money store. Okay. And that is what turned off for me. I was done. I'm done. I was like, I'm not doing real world stores anymore. I don't want microtransactions. I don't want any of this shit. Well, it turns out that they're rebranding the perfect world announced that there's no longer to have an in-game shop. Any in-game purchases that players already made during the alpha period will be refunded. That's huge right there. Anyone that made pre-money ahead, they're giving a complete refund to. Okay, The ties into another major shift of Torchlight Frontiers is, was to be a free-to-play game supported by microtransactions while Torchlight 3 is a premium purchase from the start and will be available on Steam. Another big change comes to the always online requirement. Players will be able to create online or offline characters. Online characters will check in with the server to reduce cheating. Uh, whereas offline characters can be played without any connection. That's huge. Huge. Okay. The feature is still incoming, though. And the alpha players don't have access to offline characters quite yet. Frontier was originally post posed as the next evolution of Torchlight franchise with the connect connected online experience. Developer game uh, extra, extra Games says the game changed over the course of the alpha testing and has become something more akin to the previous two Torchlight games. Runic Games, which developed the prior Torchlight games, closed after its release of the adventure game Hob, um, took the regions of, of, of Frontiers, and now continued with the work of Torchlight 3, but keeping a little closer to the origins of Torchlight 2 was original of PC-only game, but most recently poured to consoles. Similarities, Torch 3 will launch on Steam and be planned for consoles release sometime later. This is a huge... This is a huge win. Is this the uh, the video? Hi everyone, Max yeah. Schaefer here. So Three this is from Max Schaefer. Of the Torchlight franchise. Let me bring him up on screen. And I've got big news for you today. First, we are renaming the game from Torchlight Frontiers to Torchlight 3. Uh, we're doing this based on two things. First, the amazing feedback we've gotten from our alpha testers. And, and it looks good. Uh, as you may it looks better than Reforge. To tell you what it wants to be. <laughs> And Torchlight Frontiers told us that it really wants to be the spiritual successor to Torchlight 1 and Torchlight 2. Uh, and so we've made the change, uh, both in the business model and the name, for these reasons. Uh, we think you're really going to enjoy the changes we put in. The game plays amazingly right now. It's a lot of fun. We are also changing the game to a premium model, which means that for one box price, you get the entire game, all of the content from day one. 
As part of our switch to a premium model, we are also switching from Arc to Steam. So Torchlight 3 will be a Steam game. I can also I mean, the art style that we will is a little cartoony for me, but it resembles kind of like Warcraft from back in the day. The well, it should. This guy's this guy's from Blizzard, right? From our own internal right. deliberations, we also agreed the game just works better as a premium title. And this guy was probably twenty-something when he worked at Blizzard originally. Changed the way you go through it, the pacing, the monsters you fight, and made so many great new changes that you're going to have to get all the details either online in our blogs. Uh, we do Friday fun streams, so check us out there and on social media. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff coming down the road. Do you know why I think they did this? All of it is possible because of the great input we've gotten. From well, the because their their uh, their image is being destroyed slowly. Well, no, this is the bleeding. Well, no, this is this is a completely different company. This is not Blizzard. Oh, you're not, oh I thought you were, I thought you were why, why Blizzard is doing this. No, 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 Blizzard's not doing this. This is this is a guy that used to work at Blizzard with his own company. Now this is a, a new company. This is this is a new studio that he that Perfect World is is the branch off. These are the guys that worked at Blizzard back in the day, and now they have this studio. I'm saying, do you know why they're doing this method with Torchlight 3? Right? It's a it's a Diablo clone. Because, That's what it is. Because, because it's an old-school business model. Well, it's a, it's a Diablo clone, and what's coming out soon? Right? Diablo. Well, what's Diablo's business model? Right? Microtransactions, free-to-play... Free and, and in-game right. stores with so real money. So right when the right when Diablo comes out and and fuck them right in the end. Well, I think they're going to release it beforehand, and I think they're going to do it better. I think you're going to buy the game and you're going to just enjoy it, and then if they come out with DLC down the road, you'll buy you'll buy the DLC. I I personally think there's there's a time that you look at it and you go, you know what? This is the this is the change that we needed, guys. Is what Battlefront Two did for microtransactions for loot boxes. I think this is the start, which is funny that it's called Torchlight. Okay. I think this is the torch that's going to turn the corner in the gaming industry where companies look at this and go, man, why don't we just make a game and just, right, just make a game, just make a game and, and have the people buy it like we did, I don't know, for 40 years <laughs> or 30 years. OK, like you make a game, you sell the game, people like your game, they're going to buy your game. You make a next game. They're like, this guy made a good game last time. Boom. Okay, like but this. They, but they, 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 you have to understand the mentality of the corporate, the, the, the corporations now is they need to grow every quarter, every year. They don't. And the only way they can do that, that's what they know that that's that, that's the business model that they think of. Right. That's the way they think, because if they're not growing, then they're not succeeding. Right. So you can't just keep doubling your 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 uh, your, your profits every quarter forever. Okay. Like in, in normal business, people open up a business and it's because that's what they choose to do with their lives. And they they get income from that business to live their life. Right. You open up a barber shop. You open up whatever, whatever kind of small business you have. Right. Someone doesn't open up a barber shop and then go, you know what? We need to open up 14 barbershops. Right. I need to take over the entire southeastern seaboard with barbershops. <laughs> like I just I, I started a barbershop because I wanted to make a barbershop. I like to cut hair and that's my business. Right. Right. That's how video games started out as. I, I like video games. Let's make some video games. Let's sell. Let's sell some video games. When they, when corporations took a take it over, they've got to grow. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it takes. So the microtransaction is a direct is a direct line to the fact that they they need to make that much money forever, and that's the only way they could have done it. That's the only way you can make that much money from year on and year end. That's the only way. You can't just keep making a game and expect to double the profits. You make a game, you sell a game. You make a game, you sell a game. Oh, we, oh, we'll make a little bit more this time because you put some DLCs out for that game. But it takes time, right? 
So in, in a five to ten year period, how many products can we sell? How many, how many teams do we have? Right. How many products can we sell? Well, we can only pump out three games in that time period. Well, we need to, we need to get, make more money out of that. So we're going to have two of those guys making uh, microtransaction games, and we'll make one game that's normal so they won't hate us. Right. But they, and we'll make all the money out the microtransaction ones, and then they'll like us because the other one. That's, that's how, what they're doing. They're just juggling back and forth. So, Sarge, I need you to back up from the microphone just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I, I think... I, I think this is the change that we needed to see in the, in the video game industry. I think more games should come out with, right? So far, we, we've seen Jedi Fallen Order, right? Jedi Fallen Order's rushed out, rushed out to save the, rushed out to save them again. But it's not really rushed. It was a, re, it was Bro, a game. It was show me, show me the, show me the advertisements leading up to that game. No, no, no. But the game was, we know it was in development for at least three years. I get that. But show me the show me the hype train leading up to that game release. But that wasn't one. no. But that's what I'm saying. I I think that's the way. Back in the day, there wasn't hype when a game was coming out. Like back in the 80s and 90s, they weren't bombarding us with advertisements every five seconds on gotta get Mario, gotta get Mario, gotta get Sonic. It was like hey, a new Mario's coming out, and then they they did the advertisement for the the gaming system, and they're like, oh, get Mario, you know what I mean? Like, there was Mario, but it wasn't like, for every every game that there was. What I'm saying is, Jedi Fallen Order was was created and and released. That's it. There's no DLC. There's no microtransactions. There's no, there's no in-game economy store that you can buy extra stuff. It's just, they made a game, they sold a game. Torchlight, they made a game, they sell a game, right? Then you read a Game Informer to see the reviews and decided to buy it from there. Exactly. Or they put a little disc in the back of the of the magazine. And you would put that in your thing. There would be like thirty games. And you're like, oh, that's pretty fun, right? That's all they have to do. Think about the the, the, the people don't want to give refunds on games. Great. Why don't you put a little demo, put on Game Pass, put on PlayStation, and go? Here's a ten minute demo. Play the game. It gives you all the combat. It gives you, like, based on what the story is, it gives you a little taste of what the game is. And you go, well, you know what? I like that. That's why Game Pass is so successful. Now I want to talk about Game Pass. That's why Game Pass is so successful, right? You could literally pay 10 bucks a month, or less, actually, okay? And you could try 100 games. 100 games. Right? You could put it in, play it five seconds, and go, no, I'm good. And you go to the next game, you go, uh, Ah, this one seems to interest me, and you play it, and you don't have to ask for a refund. You don't have to ask for anything. Why? Because it's just there. This is why Game Pass is going to be super successful. Okay, this is why Game Pass. I said years ago when it was just coming out, I said I see what Microsoft is doing. Everyone's like, "Nope, Microsoft is going to fail. Microsoft is going to lose to PlayStation." I said, "What about if they don't want to sell consoles?" What about the, remember Bill Gates, he didn't sell PCs like Apple did. He sold the operating system that goes on the PCs, okay? Who made more money faster, right? Bill Gates or Steve Jobs? I remember back in that time, I think Steve Jobs got fired from Apple and, and, and Bill Gates became the most richest person on the planet Earth because of just software, right? That's how it is. So Xbox, which Bill Gates hated Microsoft for making the Xbox. He's like, I don't want to be in this shit, right? It took them 20 years to figure out that they don't need to sell the actual machines. They could just sell a service for the games on their actual machine, which makes more money, right? So there's a stat right now, okay? There's a stat right now that says Xbox games sales are down, but subscription models 
are up, up. like 60%, okay? Because we were just talking about it, right? The average gamer, the average gamer, let's just say there's a million people, okay, that play video games. I know there's more, but there's a million people that play video games and 300,000 of those million buy three games a year, okay? And everybody else buys one, maybe two. They didn't really buy stuff. For Christmas, <clears> for their mom and dad got my gift. Yeah, right. I got you. Okay. And then even if they buy one game, they're like, eh, it's whatever. Now, everyone that signs up for the program, okay, is getting paying for three games a year, okay? And then on top of that, they're, they're selling you DLC. So, for instance, if I play Elder Scrolls Online, Elder Scrolls Online, I get Tamriel's version unlimited for free. Game Pass, I pay 10 bucks. I play online. Now, I'm just playing ESO for an entire year. Every day of my life, I play ESO. I, I, I play the game. I finish the game. And now I look at it and go, I'm going to buy the subscription model. So, I'm paying 10 bucks for, for Game Pass. And now I'm paying $15 for ESO's premium. Okay? And I get all access to all the other content or i play eso for free okay and then i purchase all the dlc okay and then they go hey by the way it's uh eso has been on the game pass for two years uh it's 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 gonna come down off eso and you're like oh wait i own all the dlc but i don't own the main game i've been playing the game for two years i paid 240 dollars plus the premium Whatever for for ESO, right? They're they're getting that money, but you're paying two hundred forty dollars for for ten bucks a month for two years, and now they're taking the game away from from that package, and now you have to buy it, right? You've already put two hundred and forty dollars into that game, and you didn't even own it, okay? And now you have to buy it for what? I think you get like thirty percent off, right? Something like that, okay? Mathematically, you should have bought it way on, on, in the beginning of it, but that's what they're doing, right? State of Decay uh, does the same thing. DLCs, you have Game Pass. Okay, you, you can buy the DLC. You get the game, the main game for free, but you have to buy the DLCs. But then, if they ever take State of the K away, you got to buy DL. You got to buy the main game, right? They've already made your money off of you. The average gamer is now buying three games if they like it or not. Okay, correct. If they, that, if they so, like it or and not. So what, and so, what we should see after this next coming year is over, we should see a profits from game sales, according to what they will, they'll say are up 20, 28 to 30%, which, uh, is, right. which would be right on the money. Right, which I think it'll be more than that, right? I think well, it'll be more it will than that. Well, it will because people will buy games on top of them already having games, right? Because right, I, I I only buy two games a year <clears throat> normally, but I have Game Pass, and right. now I buy two or three games a year. Right, so here's a story. It says, Xbox Series leak shows how Microsoft could top PS5, okay? With the generation console on the horizon, fans are still unsure about Sony and Microsoft offering will come on top. While the PlayStation 4 has easily dominated the generation, the Xbox 360 was looked on by many as a, pre a prevailing console in the last generation before that. So it's clear that either Xbox Series X or PlayStation 5 could rise prominently and end of the year. However, it looks though that Microsoft might just have a secret weapon to bring potential PlayStation 5 buyers aboard, and it would be no doubt to go down extremely well with fans. A new leak post over Reddit appears to reveal that alongside the base Xbox Series X, Microsoft could be releasing a cheaper Xbox Series X model that would sacrifice performance in favor of affordability. Hmm, this sounds very fucking familiar. I think I said this. I think some fucking smart guy in his in his house that doesn't do anything for a living, okay, thought about this three fucking years ago, okay? So, 
A sacrifice performance of affordability, this would fall more in line with the older rumor suggestions that Microsoft would be developing two-generation consoles, codename Anaconda and Lockhart, which former being Series X and later being the Series S. The Reddit post, which shows a detailed analyzing of alleged Series S specifications, has supposedly released after somebody uncovered a mysterious AMD APU testing. The AMD user found that that it housed a 4 gigahertz octa-core processor, an unknown graphic processing unit, and a 16 gigabyte GDDRX memory shared between RAM 12 gigs and VRAM of 4 gigs. Essentially, it appears, though, that this could be less powerful console that rumored specifications of the Xbox Series X running at 10 or 1440p and 60 frames per second. It seems, once again, that Microsoft could be looking at making the Xbox brand even more accessible to the full specific specifications that can be below. <clears throat> uh... New, own, new unknown APU, Xbox Series APU, AMD Firefly APU, and sub, subboard Z Plus successor. Okay, so <clears throat> according to this uh, article about the subsor Z Plus, four, four resin cores at 3 gigahertz, multi-threading, 24 uh, CU Radeon Vega, 1.3 gigahertz, 4 teraflop computer, 8 gigs of GDDR5, and 256 gigabytes shared between RAM and GPU, and 6 gigs of RAM according uh, to a 3D mark, uh, yeah, 3D mark above. Okay, the unknown API spec, speculation based on the Firefight uh, spec above, has a Razeon Core 4.0 gigahertz with a simultaneously multi-thread, uh, 16 gigabyte GDRX memory shared between RAM 12 gigs and 4 gigs VRAM. Okay, so there is a cheaper version coming out of this, although the leak should be taken with a grain of salt, just like our show today is called with a grain of salt, because a lot of these shows, a lot of these articles are 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 no sources. They just take it with a grain of salt. A smart move by Microsoft, especially as PlayStation has made a massive stride this generation to cement itself as the biggest console developer in the world. Congratulations, PlayStation. You have the largest population of recyclable material on the planet. Okay, Xbox will be wise to find more unique selling points that would appeal to players and cheaper alternative to Series X. Could be just especially as seen as the generation of gaming hardware could move more expansive than ever before. Luckily, it seems fans won't have long to wait before they discover more about both the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. While the former will likely be discussed in more detail at the end of the year's E3, the latter is rumored to have major PS5 revealed next month. So we'll see more about the PlayStation 5 uh, coming up. Look, Microsoft said years ago, they're like, look, there's no way we're going to catch up to PlayStation even when we come out with a new console. So let's take all the games and make it like Netflix. And everyone's like, yeah, it seems like a good idea. And let's just get a bunch of AAA companies to get on board and put their game on, on Game Pass. And I, I really wish I knew the back end of what companies were making, right? Because I know Xbox is paying certain companies. They give them money, okay, up front to bring them on board for Game Pass. But how long is that contract, right? Let's just right. say, let's just say like Grand right. Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto, that's why it comes off, right? That's why Netflix has movies on there for like a year or two. Like Friends is just coming off. They, they came off at the beginning of the year, right? They they paid money to NBC or, yeah, NBC or whatever. I forget what platform Friends was on when it was on TV. I think it was NBC. They paid, Netflix paid a large sum of money to have Friends on Netflix for, let's say, two years, three years. And at the end of that contract, they're done, right? And then they lose that. So there are games that come off Game Pass all the time. 
right? If you don't play it, they're, they're done. There's a contract. They're, they're paying upfront money. Now, Microsoft, they're printing money, man. They're, every computer on the planet Earth is using a Windows, some sort of Windows-based operating system. I know there's Linux out there, and I know there's Apple out there, but you know what I'm saying, right? Microsoft, cha-ching. Like Bill Gates literally doesn't have to pick up $1,000 off the ground because he makes 10 times that if he saw it on the ground, right? He's like, ah, I'm just going to leave it there. Let someone else pick it up, right? That's what's happening constantly with Microsoft, right? PlayStation doesn't have that that doesn't have that feature, right? Doesn't have that. I think Sony's worth 14.1 billion dollars. I think Microsoft's worth in the close to the trillions, okay? Like that's the difference, right? So Microsoft gaming is like, nah, they can have that. And Microsoft is like, yeah, you can still play your old your old games and your old systems. We're not going to rush you to get out until you see a price point that you're like, man, I can't pass that up. Like right now, I'm paying $120 for Game Pass. But if I buy a new Xbox Series, whatever, digital, okay, where it comes with Game Pass for four months, six months, it's all digital, no disk drive, and it's cheaper, right? And you're like, wait, I could pay that for $150, $200? I don't know if that's the price point. Take it with a grain of salt, all right? So I don't know if that's the price point, but if it's $200 and you get Game Pass for like three months, six months, and you take that, well, you just save $30, you just save $60. Right? That's a no-brainer, man. They're just like, yeah, I'll, I'll pick up an Xbox. I'll pick up an Xbox. Recurring recurring revenue every month. Cha-ching, cha-ching, right, cha-ching. No, right, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Doesn't matter right. what game you like or don't like. Right. Doesn't matter. They're just I'm providing a service. Well, well, how many how many current how many current Game Pass users they said there are currently right now? 56 million or some shit. Right. So so Hold on. I'll I'll, I'll look. I'll look. And that's before they raised the price of Game Pass, Mike, right? That's before they raised the price of they Game haven't, Pass. They haven't raised it yet. Yeah. Well, on. No, but that, you know, get everybody in the pool first. Roughly right now, this was last year in 2018's holiday quarter, Microsoft yeah. had 64 million monthly active Xbox Live users. That's not saying Game Pass users, okay? Um, <clears throat> it just says that Game Pass subscribers were at a record high. I don't know what that means. There's no really, they they don't give you that information of what, how many people. No, but all, but all I have to, all you have to do is look at how many current how many current Game Pass users are acting in a ballpark of how much money they make. That's all. So if you're telling me there's 52 million, 52 60, million Game Pass, 60, 64 million people that have Xbox Live, no, right? No, no, Xbox Live Game Pass. No, no, I understand that, but they don't give that. What I'm saying, if there's 64 million people with Xbox Live, it's not, that's that. I I can't turn that into anything. Even if it's one percent. I can't give it. I can't. I, yeah, but even I if can't, it's, I can't. I, it's totally guessing. No, no. Right? But I understand it's guessing. Anybody? Okay, we'll, we'll take it that way. If there's 64 million people on Xbox Live, they're paying 50 bucks a year. Just, just right. Just, li- just, just, the, have, just right. Xbox Live. Right. 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 Just, just the Xbox Live. Okay. I'm one of those 64 million people. Right. right. S- 64 million times uh, what is it? 50 bucks. 50, 50 bucks. That's 3.2 billion dollars a year, just on Xbox Live. And okay. I'm sure that, I'm, and I'm sure that uses to run their server buildings, right? Is it what, what's that? What's that number you put there? Is that is that the actual um, Game Pass users there? Is that 38, 38 million? Is that what that is? Oh, sixty yeah, times sixty four. Well, yeah. it's, it's it's not sixty dollars, is it? I get it for cheaper. I get it for like forty bucks. So it's all. Well, yeah, yeah. You you got a card. You get a card from wherever. Somebody gets you a gift. I get it. But we're still talking. 
we're still talking about a shit ton of money. Is, money money's that money that they get that they get every month without releasing anything. Right. They 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 didn't have to work for that money at all. All they tell you is like we give you a bunch of games, you get them for free, and you can play them on your system. Congratulations! And you're like, yay, I get a good deal. But meanwhile, it's reoccurring money that they have, and that stabilizes them because when stock investors ask what what you guys do for the quarter, it's always going up. It's always going up because everybody <laughs> keeps getting Game Pass. All right here, right? here's here's rough math, right? If it's 64 million Xbox Live users, 64 million, one percent is 6.4 million, right? 6.4 million, is that correct? At one percent of 64 million, one percent is six six million, right? Is that right? I think that's right. No, no, one percent of 60 million is not a million. No, it would be six million. One percent. One percent. Yeah. So it's six. It's right. So at sixty-four million live subscribers for Xbox Live, one percent of that is six point four million Game Pass holders. Let's just say. Okay. Now, if I times that by one hundred and twenty dollars a year, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. What's nine zeros? Ten. What's ten places? That's seven. That's that's seven billion, right? Seven billion dollars. So if 1% of the Xbox Live users had Game Pass, okay, and paid $120 for the year, okay, that's $7.6 billion, roughly, at 1%. Okay, I guarantee you it's more than 1%. I'm pretty sure they're up in the 20 to 30 percentile. Okay. Now, if I do that, if I do that it's, math. It's, it's got to be, uh, hang on, hang on. And your math's getting a little crazy. So I'm using a calculator right in front of me. I, I get it, but if you have 60 million people, six million is not one percent. Yes, you can't. If because if if six if six million is one percent, then you do that times a hundred. That's six hundred million, not sixty million. You see what I'm saying? Like you're off by a little bit. It's six hundred thousand or something like that. It's your your numbers are a little off, but I, I get what you're trying to say. Like in order in order for six million to be one percent, there would have to be six hundred million. Right, six hundred million, six million, six hundred forty thousand. All right, six hundred forty thousand. Okay, six hundred forty thousand times one hundred and twenty. Okay, seventy six point eight million dollars. Yeah, annually. Yeah, at one percent. Yeah, yeah, for for doing nothing. Nothing. All all they did was have a service of having games on the platform. Right. They didn't exactly make the they way. didn't make the games. No, they didn't. Their, their games <laughs> they just, are already there. They they just bring them onto the platform for people to play them, right? So think about that. Seventy six, and let's say there's a hundred games on there, right? A hundred games, and some of them are just independent game companies, right? Most of them are independent game companies. If they gave one million dollars, two million dollars, five million dollars for an indie company, you better believe that indie company is taking that five million up front because they're not going to make five million dollars with the game sales. You see what I'm saying? Like that's right. That's where they're going, right? It's, it's, but but that to them is guaranteed money. They don't have to worry about when the next game release is coming out. They're cushioned the entire time. Right. When a, when a new game comes out, just because a new game comes out doesn't mean it's going to automatically be on Game Pass. A new game comes out, you're going to buy the new game. Correct. If it's something that you like. <clears throat> yeah, but tweak the question though. You're saying how many are they paying? How many are paying companies for the game to be on their Game Pass? I think all the companies. They're paying on Game Pass in some way, shape, or form, right? Like if they pay Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto has been out for six years. They now put it for free to play, right? So they bring it on. They say, hey, we'll let you bring Grand Theft Auto 5. Your, your sales are slumping, right? They're not really selling any more new Grand Theft Auto games. 
Right. But you want people to play your your Grand Theft Auto online? Put it on our Game Pass. We'll let you have it for free. And again, this is me just speculating. And then Microsoft takes a small percentage of every microtransaction that happens in Grand Theft Auto Online, right? Right. They take a 10%, 5%, 3%. So, so, so the, at that point, they become the bank because the bank takes a, takes 1% off of all charges ever made across the entire globe. Right. Right. That's basically what you're coming down to. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm taking pennies, but I'm taking pennies off of hundreds of thousands right. of transactions. Well, that's what Epic, that's what Epic Store does, right? Yeah. If, if you use the yeah. Unreal Engine, they, they take 11% of your profits, Okay. If you come on their Epic store, they take 8%, right? They give you a 5% discount, okay? Epic's doing the exact same thing. What Epic is doing, they're paying money straight up for, for, for developers, okay, to be exclusively onto their thing. Xbox is not doing that exclusively shit, right? They're just saying, hey, come on to Game Pass, right? Because they know the more you put on, there's ESO, there's Metro, there's fucking uh, uh, Hellblade. There's a lot of good games that are on that platform, that even if they're paying out millions of dollars, they're recurring that. I'm telling you, it's way more than 1% of the 64 million live users. Okay, I'm telling you, it's like 30. It's got to be at least 30% of the people that have Xbox Live are paying for Game Pass. Okay, now we're, we're times that by 30. So if it was 76, $76 million times 30, now we're in the $2 billion. $2.3 billion, okay? So how much how much money are they going to pay? There's only 100 games on Game Pass, 100-plus games. Maybe it's uh, 150 games. They could give $20 million to each company, right? And, and, and indie companies, I'm telling you, if their game costs them $5 million to make, and they're like, hey, we'll give you uh, $7 million to, to put your game on the thing, oh, you better believe the indie company is going to be like, yeah, sure, we'll take that. Because they're not they're not going to see that money because they're such a minuscule indie company that they just want to make games and but Microsoft's it, like make the games them, you want. Make, it lets them yes. make the game. Make the games you want, and, and, and we'll put it on value of Game Pass. Yes, and that's and that's that's Microsoft's business model. Correct. How do we make Game Pass more valuable? Do we have to come out with first party titles to sell a system? It's, it's a and win now win. You already see it. You already see it. It doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter that the Halo Infinite may or may not come out when the, when the Xbox comes out. May or may not. Okay, so whether it does or does not, doesn't matter. Because they already established what they're going to get for the year, for the quarter. It doesn't matter. So that's just icing on the cake. Right. If we have a, if, if a first-party release with Xbox when it comes out, great. If it doesn't come out on time, right. not a big deal. Right. Well, you gotta, we'll, you gotta, see, we'll see that money later on down the road, and that's why, and that's why they put their first party titles. That's why they have thirteen or fourteen companies now making first party titles because that is what's bringing people to Game Pass. Right? Watch how Game Pass numbers extremely go up soon as Halo Infinite comes out. Okay, when you have that, or Hellblade Two comes out, or anything that's first party title that's exclusive on Xbox or Microsoft itself, you gotta remember people that don't even have an Xbox can get game pass on their pc now right 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 that's that's the smart part playstation can have the console microsoft's like <laughs> you guys have all the consoles you want right we're gonna make we're gonna make 10 consoles all right and we don't even care if we sell them all because we're getting now game pass out there on everyone that has a fucking pc anybody that has a pc can play our games on game pass you don't even have to own an xbox that's the brilliant part, right? That could lead much. that could lead to indie studios to be purchased by Microsoft and can constantly put a good games too. Exactly. Because if you're an indie company, 
Look, if you're a small business owner, all you want to do is succeed. You just don't, you just want to keep your head above water, right? And right. if you're if you're an indie company, and you're like, man, we're making this art this art piece. It's about a it's about a hippie that goes across the country and all this stuff. And Microsoft's like, yeah, it's, that looks really cool. Yeah, we'll we'll buy you. Uh, we'll 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 pay you ten million dollars to put that on our on our Game Pass. They're like, right, ten yep. million dollars. Yep. And they're like, yeah. Uh, so and they're like, and and we'll have the option of the next game you come out with that uh, we get to look at it first. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Now, woo, they go, we sold our first game, fellas. Woo, right? It doesn't matter what it sells on Game Pass. It doesn't matter how many people play it. It's just the value overall of what Game Pass is, right? And then if they have this other game, people like it. People go, I like that company. I like that they made that, that, that game. If it wasn't for Game Pass... I probably wouldn't have played Oxen Free. If it wasn't for Game Pass, I probably wouldn't have played these other things, right? Right. Drinks on Applebee's on me, boys. Right? Like that's that's it. That's the that's the great part about it. And then those people that own those companies can breathe easy because now they know that they're not gonna have to sell their house. Okay. They're not they gonna have they don't have to pull a cuphead. Right. They don't have to do that, right? They can make the games they want to make. And then if they make a good game, Microsoft goes, Yeah, you know what? We like the way you guys we have been like, working. We like that game. Right. We like that game too. We're just going to buy you guys, right? Now you guys are going to work for us, which then comes underneath on a whole other different umbrella because then you're like, do I want to give my do I want to give my business to Microsoft or do I want to keep running it the way I want to run it, right? And then that's that's where it comes under uh, under different type of pressure. So I think, and I've always said, I think the Game Pass is a great value. I think what they're doing is very smart. I said this three years ago before Game Pass was even was even Game Pass that we know. All right, so that was a great topic. We talked about that way too long. <laughs> All right, next story. Um, EA, this this is a fast one. This is a fast one. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this this put this out there to you guys. Okay, how much money do you think that EA made? Or actually, let me tell you what the price they made. That's what I'll do. EA made 1.5 billion dollars in how long, Sarge? You talking about microtransactions at the end just, of last quarter? Just one. Ah, oh, you already gave it up. Last quarter? You gave it up. I wanted to know. I wanted to chat to yeah. figure out yeah. $1.5 billion in how no, much I'm of a time like span. A like in a quarter? Last quarter? No, no, just in a time span. How long did they take to make $1.5 billion? Six months. Right? One quarter. One quarter they made so one po- $1.5 billion in microtransactions. That's it. Right in microtransactions, nothing else. Okay, that's not even part of the other conversation. They made one point five billion dollars in microtransactions in one quarter. Okay, that's insane. That's insane. Okay, Pretty much. <clears throat> uh, and by the way, there's is that is, three, is there any there's tangible product? Three, is there any tangible product there at all? No, it's a digital product that doesn't matter. And when you stop playing the game, it's gone. Right. Right. And everyone says the same thing. Well, it's valuable to them. That's great. So is it okay for you to pay $80 for a video game to have the game thing for free? That's too much money. But it's okay to pay $50 or $60 for a game and then give them an additional $50 or $60 over the course of the game that you're playing. So in actuality, you played $110 for a video game. Right. But as long as it's money over time and not an upfront cost, no one really pays attention to it. One, and that's what they count on because I make more money off you 
for the product that I sell. $1.5 billion. And think of the yeah. games that EA makes, right? EA makes the same game every year. Nothing changes. FIFA, Madden, yeah. right? They they're make they make the same games. Yeah, they they're like this, right? Right here, they're like, <clears throat> what time is it? Oh, it's March. It's time. It's time to start working on Madden. What are you doing right. today? What are you doing today, Steve? What what, what have they? D- but that but that's the point when you, when it comes to video games. If you're not being pressured to do well, then you don't have to. You don't have to do well. I'm just collecting money, right? A game company was always you're only as good as your last game. You might go under. You make a bad game, you might disappear, right? So passion is involved in your product. We care about the product that we're making. If I can make a shitty game, put microtransactions on top of it, I don't have anything to worry about. Because even if I don't sell enough games, I'm going to get it in the back end because you're going to microtransaction them into oblivion. It doesn't matter. So where is the incentive for a game company to do better on the next game? There isn't one. Right. right. That is my pro- that's my issue of the entire time. Why isn't anything being topped or bettered or everyone's trying to, to to outdo the next guy? Nobody's trying to outdo anybody. We're just making the same game again. We're just going to make the it, same it, game right. again in a different background and we're going to see how much we can sell it for. And everybody, I guess you're bored, you want something else to do. I get it. You hate your girlfriend, you hate your wife, <laughs> you're divorced, you just were trying to zone out and you buy a game. I get it. But the difference is now that we don't, there's no push. There's no push to do better. We're just giving them money for entertainment. And that that's basically like, like cable television or movies now. This, they this, don't wanna, it's the same shit now. Th- this, is, this is what they said. All right, They said EA is modeling sales of 6 to 8 million copies, but now the company is expecting... Oh, I'm sorry. I read the wrong part. EA's major EA's microtransaction review comes from the ultimate team modes from EA sports games, including FIFA, Madden, and NHL. Those three games made... $1.5 billion. Three games that there's the same game every year, different roster, different skate, different tackle thing, right? This, yeah. right? And they then on, on, on top of that, on top of that, the publisher also said that Star Wars The Fallen Order performed significantly above expectations. Let me tell you something. Their expectation for that game was they wanted to fucking suck. They wanted, it was just a throwaway, right? They're like, they threw it out. They, 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 no, they, nobody talks about the fact that there was no lead in that game. They wanted it to fail to show people, look, we made a single player game, and this and is no what, and it. no one liked it. This is why we don't make single player games. Right, but now, they, now they say, well, it performed significantly uh, above expectations. So uh, the sales of six to eight million copies, but now the company's expecting sales to reach ten million copies during the final fiscal year uh, ending in March, right? They didn't think that game was going to sell 10 million copies. They were like, it's going to build, it's going to sell like 3, 4 million. EA, remember, is the one that said that no one wants to buy single-player games. Meanwhile, they came out with a single-player game. Okay? And they also said, additionally, EA's Star Wars Battlefront 2 performed above expectations as well as due part of the, of the renewed interest in Star Wars overall. Okay? So it's just, it's just fucking stupid. Okay? That microtransactions. Got to keep those lights on, people. If it wasn't for that last quarter, I don't know if EA would have been able to have a snow cone maker in their fucking kitchen. All right, I don't know if they would have all had one year's paid vacation off. Okay, like it's absolutely ridiculous. I I know what their studio looks like. 
they they make the video games right down the road from me at EA's quarters at, at Tiburon Studios. Okay, I see, I know what they have in that studio, and let me tell you something: the seven-story building that they have is not hurting for keep their lights on. Set that's right, not a floor on a seven-story building. It's literally the whole building. EA has a seven-story building, okay, over here, and it has thousands of people working inside of it and it's like a rotating door every day a guy walks out with a box in his hands because he hates his job because he was a play tester and they play the same fucking game for the eternity it's actually it's hell that's what it is they walk in and they play the same game it's eternity and they're like i can't take this anymore i gotta get out of here okay <clears throat> what game was microtransactions first on uh, no, oh, the, the, I, know, I know this answer. The very first microtransaction was Bethesda. They sold horse armor. Horse armor way back when, I believe not, it was... one before that. Nope, it was, it, close. it was Mordor. I believe it was... Uh, or no, it was Oblivion. I believe it was Oblivion that they sold horse armor. And that was the original start of microtransactions going down, uh, down that path. Okay. So, Call of Duty, though, was... Uh, was, was, was up there i think the i think the madden team has been what 10 years it's been out for 10 years now something like that all right so we're done with that one uh speaking with ea okay knights of the old republic the rumors out there and i don't really want to talk about the rumored of knights of the old republic being made again i want to talk about who the fuck is going to make it in ea sarge who do you think is going to make if it's true, we're talking about Kotor, Kotor right? Yes. We're talking about the original Kotor. Yes, the, the they're making a RPG, new the RPG yes. game. They're making a new rumored Grain Assault, rumored Knights of the Old Republic. Who do you think inside EA will be making this? First of all, I don't think they can fuck around. Uh, if if it's somebody new, they better have they better know the engine. But I think it's probably going to be remnants of Bioware. I think because they're the, they're the original people that came up with it, so I would think that we'd have to go back. I think it's going to be Zampella's new company that that he got put in place of the guy from Respawn. I think that's who's making the new Kotor game. Okay, I think they saw. I think they saw the um, Obsidian's not part of uh, Obsidian's not part of EA though. Obsidian's part of Microsoft now. Um, I think they saw the sales and the reaction they did with Jedi Fallen Order. Zampella's opening a new studio. BioWare's working on Dragon Age. They're sucking it because they're still trying to re rebrand Anthem, okay, on top of working on Dragon Age, okay? I think Zampella's studio, which was DICE LA, I think those are going to be the ones that work on the new, the new uh, Knights of the Old Republic. That's just my thoughts. Now, but here's the question, though: is it is it a re, is it a new game? Not a, not, not a reboot. Not a remastered. A new, a new not a not a remastered. Game. Not a reboot. A new game. New one. Yes, and the reason I think it's a new one, okay, is because there's already talks about Star Wars. The next trilogy they create is Knights of the Old Republic, okay, and if that's true, then it would be in 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 line. With them creating the Knights of the Old Republic game to be released sometime within the next six years, because I think the Knights of the Old Republic movie is coming out in three or four years. Okay, I think it's 2024. That, that timeline would make sense. 2023, 2024. So if they're doing that, and, and, and Disney's coming out with the new Star Wars trilogy of the Old Republic, 
this game would come out around the same time, and then that would just be perfect, especially since Impella just took over um, that new studio. So that's why I think that's a real quick flyby there who I think is going to make the Knights of the Old Republic. Don't know if it's true or not, but if it is Green true, assault. right. Right. Grain of salt. Now, Battlefield Five is uh, got DLC coming out. Okay, we're gonna play the trailer real fast, Sarge. Here, oh, oh, oh. nope, that's not what I wanted. What happened? Um, there it is. This is the trailer of the new Battlefield Five DLC that's coming out next week. <clears throat> In-game footage. I'm just going to lower that just a little bit. Ah! Guys, hide in the bushes. Run! I'll remind you, Buckeye. Don't worry. Why would he run that That's way? That's what I he said. Retarded? I was like, why would you run away from the tank? You run towards the tank. I'm excited for this because it's new content and I didn't pay a fucking thing for it. <laughs> hey folks, it's Freeman, Battlefield's community manager. Okay, I'll, I'll raise this up now. What to expect with update 6.0 and the start of our new chapter into the jungle. We're starting this chapter with It's just one new map. It's just one new map for the Pacific Theater. Look at that. Too bad you can't go in those mountains. This has been a favorite of mine to play the last few months in testing. This is a really intense map that plays brilliantly on Breakthrough. You're going to be pushing up from the beach as the Americans, working your way into the deepest parts of the jungle, and pressing on to a final flag for victory. You'll also be able to play this map on Conquest, Squad Conquest, and Team Deathmatch. It's narrow, it's intense, and it's a hell of a lot of fun. Solomon Island was made by the same team that brought us Lockers and Argon Forest. So, expect a bit of a grind in certain parts of the map. you got to look the part, though, in Solomon Islands, so we've got some brand new cosmetics to play around with. You'll find that in the first few weeks of Tides of War, you'll have some new ones to unlock. As well as that, you'll have new guns, too. The Type 11 MG comes to support, and the devastating M2 Carbine comes to assault. New gadgets are also available to unlock with the M1A1 Bazooka and the Lunge Mine. Did you see that with the with the grenade at the end of the stick? He runs at it. Now you can now you yeah now you can take rid of the, the tanks. A Japanese commando that you can add to your elites. We'll also have two others coming later in the chapter. We'll have more information on that later on. We hope you're looking forward to the start of chapter six. Update six. My problem, my problem with whole customization of everyone's character is you cannot identify immediately when you see somebody what team they're on yeah because of all the all the uh right if your troop looks like it's supposed to look like in the world war ii era what the japanese guys look like with the Amer you can pick them out pretty quick and in reaction time you can shoot everyone has to wait a good and even though you're not you're not going to kill a guy there's no friendly fire because there's no hard mode but the fact is you're shooting at anyone because you can't identify the guy in a timely manner right <clears throat> I'm excited for it. Like I said, I've, I'm enjoying it. I know people don't like the meta right now in the game, but I, I do enjoy playing the game. You mean the meta for a sandbox battlefield game? What the fuck is the meta? 
Well, with the guns, the TTK and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, it'll, it'll it'll never it'll never be balanced. Right. It'll never be balanced because they want they want each gun to be. I, I'm going to use the Halo defense on this one. They want each gun to be some kind of unique little uh, starlight muffin in the in the sky. Every gun has to be special. Meanwhile, if the gun shoots faster, the damage is less. If the gun shoots slower, the damage is higher. If the gun, if the if the spread is wide like a shotgun, then range matters. It's like that's all that matters, right? That's all that matters. Everything's in line. It's how a gun feels to you, right? Not because this gun happens to be better than that gun. Right. In Halo, nobody sat around and complained about the assault rifle for fucking three years. Right. Okay. Nobody complained about the uh, the the Halo assault rifle. The, the assault rifle was just the assault rifle. The pistol was the pistol, right? The sword's the sword, and we move on, okay? But they constantly want everything to be like these these very specific weapons, and when they don't work as intended in the game, then they say, well, everyone just keeps using this gun because this is the meta. You mean the gun that's involved in the war everyone's using? Yeah, that's the fucking meta. In, I get it. In, in Battlefield 1, I used the Lawrence of Arabian. Hard iron sights, right? No one's using that fucking gun. I'm using that gun because I liked it. I could kill people from a distance real fast because I was good with that gun. Right. I'm waiting. I'm I'm trying to find a gun like that in Battlefield Five. I have yet to find it. Right. That's just it. Yeah. Just it. All right. So the next story I want to talk about: um, Atari. Atari is building. Well, first of all, they have a new console coming out that uh, was on Kickstarter that we talked about a couple about a year ago. Atari is building a gaming hotel with producers. Of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film reboots. Okay. It says right here, this this article comes from PC Gamer. Put down your video games and take a trip to a hotel where you can play video games. Firmly in the category of news, it wasn't expecting to, to read today, was ever uh, the Atari was announced is, is building a series of game themed hotels across the United States. Do the par- uh, do your parents complain that you play too many video games? Soon you'll be able to leave your house and get on a plane and visit a city and stay at a hotel where you can play video games. Now everyone's happy. Okay, Describe the unique lodging experience combined with the iconic brand with one-of-a-kind video game-themed destinations. The Atari Hotel will apparently feature a fully immersive experience for every age of gaming ability, including the latest VR and AR, as well as a service as, as a venue for eSports events. This uh, That includes playing Donkey Kong on the roof is a concept art as it's ticket rate. Oh, let me show you this. This is what the, this is a picture of what you can, where you can go. Right? So... It's the Atari Hotel. You got you can. Who's going to be up on top playing Donkey Kong? And there should be a hundred people watching you play Donkey Kong on a big giant screen. I'm sorry. Is the build, are they doing like are they doing like photorealistic stuff on the side of the building? Like Donkey Kong's climbing the fucking building? Like what? What are we? Talking no, about? no. It's it, it's it's got the Atari logo. You can't see that. It's got the Atari logo coming off the side. Uh huh. It's just the Atari. It's just and then inside, I'm assuming each room will be themed. Uh, I joked about it. I said, I hope my my room that I get is the E.T. room. And all it is is a landfill. And they just have a bunch of games in the, in the landfill of E.T. Right? Uh, it's weird that the Atari is getting a hotel business, maybe. But there's no need for the skepticism because it's getting guided by a dude who produced films filled with CGI turtles. Uh, the hotel development is designed by being uh, being led by Shelley Murphy's GSD group and uh, Napoleon Smith, the three, the producer of widely successful Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know why they tell you all this shit. Uh, you really don't have any kind of hotel you know what the firm produced brings to the table as the Teenage Mutant Turtles reboots were indeed successful. I don't care what the movie's made. I want to talk about the hotel. The first Atari hotel is planned in Phoenix, Arizona. 
with construction beginning this year. And there's no lack of ambition for the enterprise. Additional hotels are planned on uh, Las Vegas, Denver, Chicago, Austin, Seattle, San Francisco, and San Jose. Me? Is it just me? Does everyone think of the word Atari and you think of garbage immediately when you say it? I I think of I mean I love the Atari when I was a kid. I get it, but what I'm saying is I think the, brand of, yeah. been, the brand has been damaged for so long. Yeah, because Atari is not associated with anything that's current. Nobody <laughs> understands what Atari is current. Like if you if you grew up with Atari, it's one thing, but you're looking at shitty graphics and so what you're trying to do is you're trying to bring nostalgia back of who's going to stay at an Atari fucking hotel. Here's, you know what I mean? All right, close your eyes for a second with me, chat. And, and listeners on the on the interweb, close your eyes. When you think of Atari, what do you think? I think of seventies shag carpet with plastic on the chairs. Okay, with wood trim around the fucking thing. That's what I think. And that smell. You know what smell I'm talking about? Like the seventy, early seven, late seventies, early eighties smell. That's what I think when I close my eyes for Atari. Ashtrays and stale beer. Right. That's that's and Cheetos ashtrays, or some fucking ashtrays and stale. Is that basically what's going to be like? The hotels going to just smell like old ashtrays and stale beer. It's like yeah. Because if I'm I walk in the Atari, it, in the Atari hotel, right? If I like, walk into the Atari hotel, somebody they need to have somebody rebrand Atari. <laughs> if someone was just to try to rebrand it and they, say that you guys made something that's actually current, well, they did. They made that new awesome. They made that new. Then we wouldn't have to worry about it, right? I don't want to walk into the Atari hotel and I don't want to see modern, right? There's nothing modern about the fucking Atari. It's wood paneling. All the all the alarm clocks have the ET theme song as the alarm. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. right? All these little shitty sounds are like for the alarm clocks and the telephones to make you answer them or turn them off immediately. <laughs> Like I just think I think this the if you're gonna pick Atari, you can't pick modern. You gotta pick like late seventies, early eighties themed, right? And then if you get that that type of style, I think it kinda it just becomes cheesy, doesn't it? It becomes like a joke. Like people just stay there because they, they're like, I wanna stay at the Atari Hotel. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, look, my room was Keystone Capers. My room was Yara's Revenge. And they have like pictures and maybe that maybe they have an Atari unit in your room and that's the only game you can play. Like whatever theme you're in, like, that's, that's the what only I'm game. Talking about man, it just it's. I, I don't know, man. I do understand about the venue though. I just think here's the here's the separation, right? I like that they have esport venues at the at the locations, but esports means young kids, and young kids doesn't mean Atari. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like mom and dad that take their kid to the esports event are going to be like. Oh, we're going to the Atari Hotel. Be like, yeah, and the kid will be like, oh man, like, <laughs> like what like, the fuck's the Atari? Where's the PlayStation Hotel? Where's the Where's the Fortnite Hotel? Right, right, right. That's what we're talking right. about. Right, right. Here, imagine Mike, you're sleeping, and this is the sound you hear from your alarm clock. <laughs> <laughs> Put it up a little higher to the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would go completely ape shit if I heard this. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Rise and shine, campers. It's time to get up. <laughs> it's time to get up like, for the Atari no Hotel. Way, no way. Like, you have to, if, I, I, I'll say it again. If they rebrand it, if they say it's something new and inventive that we're doing, and they're like, if somebody were to redo all the Atari games and something like some kind of retro awesomeness, right. then great. Otherwise than that, this is just gonna. This is this would be a building that's going to be imploded in less than in less than five years. I, I I just feel like they 
if it was just called a gaming hotel. Yes. Yes. Do you know, because it's got the word right, Atari attached because, to it. Right. Like, right. You, you, you literally just cut your whole market in like a third, right? right. Because I, I, you don't even know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> because there's not going to be Xboxes there. There's not going to be PlayStations there. It's a fucking Atari hotel with an Atari system, right? It'll probably have all the old Ataris and have the new modern Atari. But it's like, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand these people. Like the people making the Sonic movie, like they have money to burn. Twenty they years too late. To burn, like Sonic, twenty years too late. Atari hotel. Like, what are we talking about here? Right? Imagine a hotel in the style of E3. <laughs> right? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, look, I get it. It's cool that if it was just a gaming hotel and you had all the gaming history of PlayStation and Xbox and all this stuff and all this, but you're just, it's Atari. It's Atari and you're just like, that's, I don't know, just, we'll see. Maybe I'll stop by one if anywhere near, you would think Orlando would be on the, on the docket. Right. I, I like what you said there, Buck. Buck, I'll only get to, I'll only go to the hotel if it has to be Cupid style to get to your room. <laughs> you jump on. You see guys with their suitcases, like jumping and throwing it on the next brick, and they have to like, climb up the. There's no stairs. Yeah, the stairs are, are the actual the Cupid bricks. You guys are making cool games that like Namco made. Okay, that's true. Made. That's true. That's got nothing to do with Atari. Atari made, uh, made, made shitty games out of good IP. That was Atari's <laughs> thing. Like Atari took Cuber and made it disgusting. Like, like there was no. There were very few Atari games made by Atari that were Atari IP. They just stole whatever from the arcade and made a shittier version of it. Okay, that's that's why this hotel doesn't have a chance. Yeah. Not a chance. I mean, I hope I hope it does well. I just. I think their original branding is going to be going to be changed really fast, right? So here's two stories left. Uh, Dauntless dev required by mobile giant behind battle royale game uh, Free Fire. So, oh, that's the end. Of, that's the end of Dauntless. So Dauntless developer Phoenix Labs has been acquired by the Canadian studio, sold to a uh, Garena Singapore-based video game company owned by C Limited. Uh, as joint uh, statement company said that the teams intend to work together to continue building Phoenix Labs. World-class development teams supporting the growth of Dauntless and exploring new opportunities to global markets on the mobile. Uh, the transaction closed in recent days, but the terms are not disclosed. Phoenix Labs CEO Jesse Houston, uh, which is early invested in Phoenix Labs, has been greater the great partner for Dauntless since the early days and is ex- excited to scale up the partnership with the acquisition. With the next steps, we're able to ensure that we'll provide the best possible experience for Dauntless players around the world. Houston said, we're extremely excited about what the future holds for Phoenix Labs as we continue to support our ever-growing Dauntless community and explore the future. What were we just talking about with Game Pass, right? When a developer is small, they just want to know that they're not going to go under the next day, right? Here comes a guy that said, hey, I'll invest in your company, right? Because Dauntless is a free-to-play game, and they have microtransactions in the game, right? They have a store. um, So... Look, I think Dauntless is a great game. I think it's a great alternative to Monster Hunter. I hope, I hope for their sake that this company doesn't extremely change it to make it go completely opposite direction because I think Dauntless is on a good path right now. And I hope, I hope they don't change it too Not much. Anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. So that's a, that's a quick, uh, a quick story. Now, I want to talk about the last thing I want to talk about. I just found this out. Uh, right before we went live, right? So there's a, a game called Highland, okay? Or Hightail, sorry. Hightail. Um, Hightail 
is a game that I didn't know about. About six months ago, they showed off a, a trailer. And this is what the trailer they showed. I'll, I'll show it to you guys right now. It's a, a voxel-based game. It looks like Minecraft. I know what you're saying. My, even my son said, it looks like Minecraft. I said, I know, but it's not Minecraft. It's called Hytale. He says, well, can we just call it Minecraft for short? And I said, no, it's it's called Hytale. And he goes, it looks like Minecraft. <laughs> so it looks exactly like Minecraft, but actually more detailed, right? It's more detailed. It's like a mod in Minecraft, basically. So if this was Blizzard, they would they would own it, right? They would own it because it looks like their game. Right. I can lower the volume because... I, I, I'll make a prediction. Uh, they released this game and the owners of Minecraft buy it from them. Well, you mean Microsoft. Oh, and Microsoft owns Minecraft now? It's yes. It's not Mojang the, anymore, right? The Microsoft, Microsoft owns... Mine, Minecraft owns... Or Microsoft or owns... Them, my, or sues them. No, they're not going to sue them. They, they can't sue them. It's voxel-based stuff. and. So what I want to show you this, I'm going to read to you what's in this game. And I'm going to make a prediction. This will be my second prediction of the day on this on this show. Take, this down. take it with a grain of salt. I did in my notes. I have it. I think this looks fucking fantastic. I'm excited about this because I was a big fan of Minecraft. And Minecraft, I wouldn't change Minecraft in any way. I, I like Minecraft the way it is. But I, I wished Minecraft was like this, right? Where it's like an RPG, MMO, like, based system. Okay? There's going to be mini games, servers, mini, um. You can make your own mods in the game. Like, look at this. Above, down. You can make your own characters. Yeah, but see, you know what this is? This is the precursor to kids learning how to do MMOs. Yes. Yes. This is, this look, is, this you is, can make your own films. Children Did you see that? MMOs. Look at this. This part right here. You can make your own films within the game. Meaning, you create the studios... You create the stuff, and then you make your just like the Minecraft. Minecraft people were making movies all the time, and it was hard to do because you had to do it with other programs. This right. is built right into the actual uh, actual game. That's that's crazy. Now, once they launched this, the trailer, they got huge interest in it, and they got think of the, think of the possibilities of this company. Well, think, of, think look at this as well. This reminds me right here. Right, there's a scene right here. No, wait, did I miss it? Right here. There's a room of a theater. Someone created the movie theater. And they have a YouTube player, right? On and inside the actual game itself. Okay? This reminds me of Second Life. Now, back yeah. in Second Life time, you can make worlds. You could do a whole bunch of stuff. You can make your own mods. You can make your own role-playing games. You can make your own furniture. You can do all this own stuff. That's what this is reminding me of. Which is also bringing me towards... Ready Player One type of stuff, right? Because think about this, right? And if this is marketed towards kids or adults, I, I'm going to play, I'm going to try. I don't know if it'll hook my attention for very long, but I love the fact that they could create things. And imagine all your friends and all your classmates, they're all in the same world. Now you're watching movies together and you're doing all this stuff. Now I'm not thinking on a streaming standpoint because you can't do that because it's against TOSA of watching movies with other people. It's against the law. But if you're just in the game and you're watching movies with your friends in the game, like this is a, this becomes more than just a game. This is like a lifestyle now because you can create stuff in the game, not just within the voxels in the game, but you can make your own movies, you can make your own mini games, you can make your own above games, you can make your own characters. Like there's a whole bunch of shit that you can do in this game. 
So much so that let me bring up their their website. Okay, their website, their website here. Uh, where is it? The media, the game, uh, the game. Okay, there's questing as you traverse it through the general population of the game with different monsters and descend. Uh, there's there's storylines. You choose your path. Okay, there's craftspersons. Okay, there's settlers, adventurers. Plenty of the adventurers through the story. Best of all, the adventure mode, fully playable in co-op. Gather a party of friends, combine your skills, and leave your mark on the world together. Okay, encounter dire foes. You have bosses and dungeons and enemies and delves. Okay, master the wilderness. Put down the roots of of, of Hightail's beautiful biomes. Grow your own crops. Take care of your pets. Take care. It 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 covers all spectrums of that. Discover unique worlds. Right, meaning there's multiple planets or multiple areas to go. You can make your own mini games, right? We've created the most powerful mini games around over five years. Whether the current high pixel player, returning fan, or the entirely new world mini games, Hightail designs and offers the best possibility experience for both players and creators. Okay, build a, comp- uh, a competitive play. We've created Hightail with an anti cheat in mind in order to make multiplayer fair and more fun. Powerful tools that give mini game creators more freedom than ever. Complete crossover, camera position, game assets, and basic mechanics. Your own custom game engine design and top performance on a wide range of PCs. Smart parental controls. Introduce young players to the game thanks to a comprehensive set of optional tools to allow parents to control access to online play with common uh, with custom settings. Character creator. Free foam customer uh, character customization lets you dress up however you like. From modern saying, now there'll probably be a micro. There'll probably be a microtransaction store somewhere in the, in this thing. I would, I would think it would have to be right. Play on your own servers. Play on the run own your and you can run your own servers. Play on their servers. Play on your own servers. Okay. Make make you can make your create creations. Okay. Includes a comprehensive collection of tools that grant players more creative power than ever. From model creations of animations of filming in game scripting and of course building with the blocks. So basically, every possible person that plays their game is a potential modder and they can create stuff to put into the game. Think about that, Blizzard. Imagine the possibilities of having creativity formed from children and young adults that have these and ideas. Steal it from them and hold right, their and, souls. Right, and hold their souls, right? Cinematic tools. We're providing you a whole set of options specifically for machinima makers. That is huge, okay? Huge. Create, save, load saves using Hightail's model, built custom animations, add particles of your own character's control, keyframes using 3D's uh, splines, and more. Edit everything. We provide all the same tools that we've developed in order to create the game so you can see if you can edit it yourself. They're giving you their whole tool set that they created the game with for you to create whatever you want in the game. Okay. Modeling and animation tools. You can literally make any of your models. So basically, they created the game, and now you can expand and create the game. This game, if it's done correctly... Self-perpetuating. Exactly. Self-perpetuating. It just keeps getting bigger and larger and more creatures and more things. Okay? And obviously, there'll probably be a, a submit period where you can't put dicks. I would dicks. definitely believe... You can't put dicks. this magnitude, there's definitely going to be microtransactions in here. Not, but to, to, say, to say that that's not going to be good or bad doesn't matter the fact that that's the type of game that they're building with that inside for cosmetic stuff correct right in-game scripting you can write the scripts okay you're not wrong there buckeye okay charge people to build their own game right they've already built the game and it's gigantic 
but this is just self prepared right? You could come up with your own characters. You could come up with your own villains. You can come up with your own things. Who knows what they'll do? If it becomes as big as popular as Minecraft, now I agree with Sarge. I think this game comes out. Mojang or Microsoft looks at it and goes, we got to have that. Why don't we just have that? Take that in. Yep. Okay. And then just call it Minecraft. Minecraft 2. Hightail. Right? It's, it's Hightail, but it's Minecraft Hightail. Yep. I don't see right? that game being on its own for very long. They'll release it. The, the, the avalanche starts and Microsoft steps in and buys them. I, I think they would have it's got, to. It's got too much. It's got too much potential, and it and it trumps, it trumps Minecraft, and it's a better version of it. They can just call it Minecraft. Well, here's the thing: if you make this game and it's called Hightail, my five year old son looked at it and said that's Minecraft, right? That's the problem. The problem is marketing this because anytime you show this to anybody, they're gonna say, "What is that new Minecraft? Is that Minecraft two? What is that?" Right. That's the issue they're, they're gonna have. So I think. I would assume that Microsoft would just look at it and go, "Hell, oh, fuck, that's Minecraft too. Right? I mean, I don't know. No, that, that's, uh, I don't, I predict, when is this supposed to release? It, 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 there's no release date yet. It could release this year. It could release early next year. All right. I say Microsoft picks it up less than a year after but, release. But, but they, they've been working on it for five years, right? Yeah, I, 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 I signed up for the beta, so we'll see when it, when it happens. Hey, listen. I give them one one calendar year from the time of release, and Microsoft will pick them up within that time frame. And that will be the last story. Appreciate you guys coming out. Number 202 is in the can. Generation X Gaming, a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories in the past week, and we rant along the way. We're here live every single Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on Mixer.com slash 30 and Still Gaming. You can watch us and listen to us over on YouTube.com slash 30 and Still Gaming about a couple days after to a, up to a week later. Or you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Anchor.fm. We also do a GXG micro episode that comes out daily over on the audio format only. So if you like more of these conversations, I do daily podcasts. I talk about news stories. I talk about predictions and, and thoughts. And I want to hear what you guys have to say. So if you listen to those podcasts, hit over on our Discord. We have a little section over on the Discord channel that you can go to and chime in on episodes that I post, uh, and you can talk about it there. So check that out. And we're here every single, again, we've been doing it for five years. Episode 202 is done. I do appreciate you guys very much coming out. Make sure you follow Sarge at Sarge McCluskey. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at 30 and Still Gaming. And don't go anywhere. The podcast is over, but we're probably going to play some Elder Scrolls online after this around 1020 or so. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And see you guys on the next episode. Take care, guys. two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming.